The words in scripture aren't meant to be viewed as a seven second Facebook post. When people say I'm not much of a reader and it's not because they, they're not able to read or it's not because they have dyslexia or anything like that, it really comes down just to laziness. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. podcast show. My name is Isaac, your host. So listen, we're taking a one-week break from the Love and Lust series, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Two weeks ago, I got the flu, and it was not pleasant to say the least, and I apologize that we didn't get the podcast up on time. It it was not the best, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. But anyways, because of the flu that I had, I wasn't able to chat with the last guest uh, for the Love and Lust series. So we're going to be doing that this week, and we're going to be releasing the last Love and Lust series next week. For this week, I'm actually going to be sharing with you a session that I had the privilege of speaking at in Edmonton at Breakforth this past weekend. Uh, Breakforth, if you didn't know, is a huge Christian conference that's goal is to really encourage and equip Christians for the Christian life in many different areas that there are. Uh, but here's a quick snippet of uh, some of us there. Hey, it's Isaac Dagno here from Indelt. We are live with Jake and Sean here at Breakforth in Edmonton 2016. I'm here with Jake. Hey. And uh, Sean. Hey. Uh, Sean is the uh, videographer, web developer, everything kind of technical uh, behind In Doubt, and Jake is our rep. So we've been having a lot of fun. Actually, yesterday, we were able to um, talk in front of many different people um, on four different sessions, talking about Bible engagement, talking about different things that kind of... uh, come up in life, different issues that come up in life, especially in a young person's life, and we're able to give them some biblical um, understandings and some of those things. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been good. I think uh, what I really enjoyed about it is I had a lot of conversations with people here at the booth. I was here for most of the uh, weekend. Um, but the best thing for me was it was getting people, and we sort of deal with some hot topic issues, you know, like pornography and sex and that sort of thing. And sometimes people are pretty... Um, I don't know, it's almost like they don't want to touch that just because it's almost like a dirty word, yeah. uh, you know. But yeah, having people come up and explaining to them about love and lust in this new series about that sort of thing and sexual addiction, biblical sexuality, and they're really receptive to it. And they really they really felt like it was a good a good thing that needs to be talked about and that's not being talked about right now. And I, I was really happy with that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, one thing that I felt was uh, really cool is that there was actually a lot of people who came out that had a wide span of, uh, of an age gap that were interested in in, in doubt. There were uh, parents who were coming out who were interested for their kids who were going through high school. There was people who were 35 to 40 years old who were interested and were like, hey, I podcast. I want my listening to your podcast. And then there's people who are um, young adults, right, from like 18 to 25 who are like, sweet, I podcast. I'll listen to you guys. So I think that's really cool how uh, the content that we're putting out um, is accessible to so many people and so many people are interested in these, in these kinds of topics. Yeah, it's been really great. And we were able to interview different people as well, ask them the question, uh, if Jesus was here on earth right now, what church would he go to? It's kind of a preparation for the series that we're going to do called Christian Paradigms, kind of getting into uh, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? Is it you know following a certain movement or a certain church or is there something more uh, kind of uh, biblical about it? So anyways, we're here at Breakforth. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we'll see you later. That was uh, Jake, Sean, and I at Breakforth. 
Anyways, back in November, I was asked uh, to step in and speak at these youth electives uh, because unfortunately, the guy that was supposed to speak was actually rushed in for triple bypass heart surgery. Uh, so they needed someone and it worked out that I was able to, uh, to go. So what we'll do for this podcast today is play the audio from the last session that I did on, on Saturday, which is called A Dusty Heart. Uh, the substance of the session is really on Bible reading, Bible meditation, and just really engaging the Bible, what it means uh, to be Bible engagers. And as I said, we're going to wrap up the Love and Lust series next week, which I'm really pumped about. But as for this week, uh, we'll be listening to A Dusty Heart. have a dusty heart, if you have a dusty heart and you don't know who you are and you're struggling with your identity, there's just too many other things going on for you to be confused about who you are. And it seems to me that in the culture that we're living in today, more and more people, it's almost a trend. They're like, I don't know who I am, so I'm going to try out doing all these different things to find out who I am. When really, if we would just kind of step back from trying all those things and just go to the Word, we'd find out easily, the moment we dust off our Bibles and start to investigate and meditate on what this is, our heart will be dusted off and we'll recognize exactly who we are and the purpose that God has called us to. It's actually true, that actually happens. So if you're here right now and that resonates with you, like, I don't know who I am, I'm trying this, I'm trying that, I don't know where I'm supposed to go in life, you'll know the moment you start to invest time in this, I'm not saying it's easy, the moment you start to invest time into the Word of God, your heart's going to be dusted off and you're going to understand who you are. And that's really, that's really exciting. <clears throat> As Christians, we have the privilege of knowing exactly who we are because we are adopted sons and daughters of God. We read that all the time in the New Testament, that we are adopted. And the Spirit, capital S, witnesses with our lowercase, lowercase spirit that we are sons and daughters of God. It's an exciting, true reality. <clears throat> And it's in and through reading the word, God's word, that we're able to find out who we are. So first of all, here's three reasons why we don't read the Bible. Okay, three reasons why we don't read the Bible. This is not an exhaustive list either. There's many reasons. But here's three that I find to be more and more prevalent, especially among young people. Okay, so I'm going to suggest these three. Uh, why, uh, and these are teenagers who go to youth. Maybe they call themselves Christians. But here's three reasons why they don't read the Bible. Number one, they'll say this. Oh, I'm not much of a reader. Okay, that's excuse reason number one. Number two is, I don't actually believe it's all true. I don't believe that everything I read in here is true because I, I watch the Discovery Channel and History Channel and give them, give them more credit than what it's said in here. And they say that there are things wrong. There's wrong things. Like, first of all, how could all the animals fit on the ark? Or silly stuff like that. Okay, so I don't believe it's true. The third one is... I believe it's true, but I believe in other things more, like my relationship with my friends and, and my extracurricular activities, like my dance or my soccer or my hockey or whatever it may be, okay? So those are some of the three excuses why young people don't read their Bible. So let me unpack those really quick. For the first one, I'm not much of a reader, okay? What this comes down to, to be honest, I'm not condemning, it's, this is not condemning at all, but really, when people say I'm not much of a reader and it's not because they, they're not able to read or it's not because they have dyslexia or anything like that, it really comes down just to laziness. 
that they haven't put enough time into reading the Bible, to sit down and read. And one of the reasons for that, and we're going to get into that a little later, is because we live in such a fast-paced culture, especially young people. They're literally on their phones, they're watching Netflix, they're seeing this, they're seeing that. Everything's coming at them. There's a thing called Vine, right? Seven-second videos. They want to get your attention quick and fast. The moment we open the pages of this and start nothing's happening, there's no exciting stuff. It's like we become completely desensitized because of the constant stuff that's flying our ways all the time. So we become lazy of reading the Bible. So we read like a chapter, oh, it did nothing to me. I'm not going to read the Bible anymore. And I'm not much of a reader. I want to watch something or play video games instead. All right? Let me ask you this. If you're in your house, okay, how many of you got like brothers and sisters? How many of you are living with other people in your house? That's a better way to say it. All of us. Good. Okay. So, if you're there, right, and a robber breaks into your house, all right, and he starts messing, like fighting, let's say, or something, I don't know, uh, one of your family members, are you going to look at that situation and say, oh, I'm not much of a fighter. I don't really know what I should do. I don't know how it's going to like, uh. no. If you love your family, you're going to do, even if you don't know how to fight, you're just like, ah, you're going to do something because you love them. Okay? You're not going to have that silly excuse saying, oh, I'm not much of a fighter. I'm not much of a fighter. I'm not, no, that's not me. No. And the funny thing is, is that the, reading this is as serious as that. And we're going to get into that a little bit, okay? And the second reason, um, I don't believe it's true. We live in a very, like, post-postmodern world where there's tons of ideas going around all the time. Because of the rise of social media, Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff, we have pretty much every single worldview at our fingertips. And every time one of your agnostic or skeptic or atheist friends posts something, they're going to post something that's really condensed, stripped away from all the real stuff to give you some sort of quick five-second video clip explaining why Christianity is completely wrong and atheism is right. And you're seeing that stuff constantly, whether it's atheism, whether it's Islam, whether it's skepticism, whether it's agnosticism, whatever it may be, you're seeing all these things all the time. And it messes with us. It hurts us. We read something or we watch something that says, hey, it's wrong or it could be wrong. It starts to give us doubts and we start to kind of dwell in there. And we start to believe that this isn't true. My friend, he told, he's not a Christian and we've been like best friends and we love to have conversations on faith and culture and all that. And uh, he'll give more credit to the History Channel than the Bible for him. That's easy for him to say. So he was watching the History Channel. They say that throughout the you know, centuries, so many people have been changing the Bible and all these different errors and everything. And he was like, that's why I don't believe in it. Well, back in the fall, I did, we were doing a sermon series on the nature of God, and I was talking about special revelation, and that is the way that God reveals himself through the word. So I did a lot of study into the historicity of the transcripts and everything in the New Testament of the Bible itself. It is incredible the historical reliability we have of this thing. It is immense. Lee Strobel, you guys know Lee Strobel, obviously, right? He, you've probably heard his story as well, right? He started to investigate. He wasn't a Christian. He started to investigate. He found it to be true. It's true. It's really exciting, okay? There's tons of great evidence. And the last one, I believe it's true, but I believe in other things more. You say, oh yeah, I believe in the Bible. I believe it's true. Yeah, okay. But if you strip back the layer a little bit, you find that you really don't put your effort into what, or you don't, your, your actions really don't follow your belief. You're more focused on the other things, like I said. So you're more focused on the other things in life. 
They might be good things, like soccer, like dance, like whatever, but you're putting your effort and your time and investing that time that you should be meditating on the word for your soul, you're putting it after other things, worldly things. And there's lots of worldly things that aren't wrong, necessarily wrong, all right? But we're investing our time to those other things, and that's one of the reasons why we don't give enough time to read the Bible. The word teaches us who's in charge, who is God, who teaches us who we are as human beings, which are broken people, right? Who desperately need a savior, who is Jesus, who brings us to the eternal promised land, which will be heaven by the power of his Holy Spirit. Without the word, we don't know anything. The word teaches us about the two most important things in the world, and that is the world and who we are and Jesus who saves us. It teaches us the best, pure, eternal things, everything we need to know. Now, if you are in here today and have really given your life to Christ, okay, if you've truly given your life, you've been born again by the Spirit, then the Spirit inside you automatically yearns for more of his words. That's what the Spirit of Christ does in us. It, it gives us this, this hole that can only be filled by Jesus. The spirit inside of us yearns for more gospel, yearns for more of God's word constantly. So when I say, do you want to engage the Bible, those of you who are born again inside, deep down, you're like, yes, I want to engage the word. Yes, I do. I want to give my life to that. And I actually asked the first or second group, when, when, did you, when do you feel most alive? And we all kind of agreed that we feel most alive when we're in prayer and in meditation of the word. When we're sitting there and we're gaining these uh, truths from the Bible, when the Holy Spirit is illuminating, it's a fancy word for allowing us to understand the truth and applying it to our lives right now. When the Holy Spirit's doing that, we feel alive because that is our purpose in life, to relate with God, to relate with God. So let's look into a bit about what it means to engage the Bible. Because I'm saying that that's what we got to do, to dust off the Bibles in order for us to find out who we are. We need to engage the Word of God. So here we go. Here's the big idea. When we engage with this, this book with ink and pages, when we engage with this, we engage with the living God. Okay? We engage with the living God. So what is this engagement? It's not just reading. It's what, what is this engagement with the Bible? How do we engage the Bible? Turn with me, if you have a Bible, to Psalm 1. Okay, Psalm chapter 1. The very first Psalm, obviously, being Psalm 1. I'm going to read it, okay? And uh, we're sort of going to engage it together uh, as a group. But we're also going to pull out how we engage as we go through. Okay, here it is. Blessed is the man or woman or the person, okay? Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, or their delight, is in the law of the Lord, which is the Bible. And on his law, the Bible, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. But the wicked are not so, but are like chaff, that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So, blessed is this man or this person. This person is the example of who we are to be, okay? Who we are to strive to be. This person doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, meaning they don't make actions and decisions based on the ideas and the models 
of the world. All right? This person also doesn't stand with sinners, meaning that they, they're not content standing on the same foundation of those who don't stand on the solid rock of Christ. And then we get to this word, but. And this is a very, very important word, okay? This is the key linking word. But, we read, their delight, this person's delight, their joy, okay, comes from the Bible. And on the Bible, they meditate day and night. This word, meditate, transliterated from the Hebrew as daga, okay? It's D-H-A-G-H-H-G-H-G, daga, okay? Let's just stick with daga, okay? This is the word to meditate. It is to moan, to utter, to devise, to grumble, to groan. You know, the world, okay, what does the world call meditation? To like, you know, know, release yourself, become one with the world? No. Emptying yourself? No. That's not Christian meditation. Meditation isn't a spooky word, guys. Meditation is biblical. And what it means is to fill your mind intently with the truth of the scripture and devise, think about it, dwell on it until the point where you're actually even mumbling it out of your mouth because it's so compact in you. Meditation is not emptying yourself. Meditation is filling yourself with the word of God. So blessed is this man or person who is meditating on the Bible, okay? Day and night, day and night, all the time. Not just in class, okay? Not just during homework, not just at at your youth group or not just at your Bible study, but constantly, all the time, filling and thinking and speaking it out. Filling, thinking, and speaking it out over and over and over again. So the question was, how do we engage with the Bible? It really comes down to two things broken up into three. Meditation and application. And practically, that looks like reading, reflecting, and responding. There's some alliteration for those of you who like the R stuff or whatever. Pastors love to do those kind of things, or speakers, right? So you got reading, reflecting, and you got responding. We need to fill our minds with his voice, which we do by reading or listening to the Bible. Then we meditate on his voice, we reflect on it. And then we act on his voice by responding. So reading, reflecting, responding. So reading, let's look into a little bit of reading, okay? Only 14% of Canadians who call themselves Christians read their Bible at least once a week. That means that only like a smidgen of us read the Bible at least once a week in this room. It's true. And some of you guys like take a little gulp because you're like, I haven't picked up my Bible for a while. Maybe, maybe, just, maybe just this conference you have. We are so untrained. Now we're coming back to when I was talking about the whole fast-paced culture. We are so untrained when it comes to listening. We are terrible at listening. Now, some of you guys are a little bit fading, and that's okay, because you've heard my voice for like four hours today. So I understand if you're fading a little bit, that's totally cool. Guys, we have Netflix over here while we're sitting down on our couch, rolling through our Instagram, okay? And apparently at the same time, we're having a really deep conversation with our friends over iMessage. I don't know how we do that. We constantly think that we can multitask, okay? We've, we've believed this myth that multitasking is actually true. And we actually say, oh, I'm really good at multitasking. It's a lie. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We bought this lie that we can actually multi-listen as well. We can actually multi-read in a figurative sense, that we can take in so much without giving all to one thing. Culture has also trained us to listen to different things more than other things. The more we saturate ourselves in, let's say, the media or what our friends are doing, the more we become ignorant of reality. And I'm talking about this actual reality that the Lord tells us what is true to be in this life. 
And we don't even know we're being ignorant. Our ears are just so untrained. So we need to listen. We need to read. Now, I'm not going to you know, come here today and be like, hey, so I have a new way for you to gain all the understanding of the Bible without reading. It's the same way that we've done it for years, either listening to it or reading it, okay? That's the only way we can do it. There's no other way you can like inject yourself with some sort of thing to make you understand everything or take a pill and understand it all. No, that's wrong. In fact, don't listen to those things because those are worldly things anyway. Listen, we need to actually read. There's no new technique. Literally listening to it and reading it. Some of you are in here are thinking this. You know what? I've tried that, and I find it the most boring thing. In fact, I try to read, like, let's say, through Leviticus, and I fall asleep in a second, okay? Well, here's the truth. Most of us, like I said, we, we're not giving it enough time. We're not giving it enough time. The words in Scripture aren't meant to be viewed as a seven-second Facebook post. It's not. It's not meant to be read as a tweet. In fact, if you wanted to tweet the a million words of the Bible, it would take 30,000 tweets. But anyways, the point is, the Bible's nearly one million words long. We actually have to invest time into reading it, okay? The point is this. Because we've been cultured to want and need, okay, everything instantly, we can't wait for the fruit that comes from listening to the Word of God. We can't wait for it. We feel like it's too long. I need to get it now. If this is really true, then I should be able to understand it and apply it to my life right now. And I'm not saying you can't. We have to give it time. There's so many words in this beautiful book that is the voice of God and we have to give it time. So honestly, guys, the most practical thing you can do to help you truly listen to the word of God is break that mindset in your head that it will give you instant gratification with little to no effort. God wants us to meditate. And meditation, as we know it, filling your mind and dwelling on it, takes effort. It does, okay? It's just the truth of it. Train your ears to truly hear God's voice by giving it time. It's not a YouTube video, like I said. It's not a movie. It's not the newest video game. It's God speaking to you through words on a page. When we engage with the word, we are like a tree. We learn this from Psalm 1. We are like a tree that's roots dig deep into the earth with water constantly flowing through the streams. We bear good fruit and our leaves stay full of color and texture. And everything we do prospers. Why? Because it's in the Father's will. But if we don't engage with the Bible, we are like pieces of grass that you throw up on a windy day. Because there's nothing there. There's no foundation. There's no, where are you putting your energy and your mind and your thoughts and your ideas? What are you basing that all on? If it's not on the word, you will honestly be like the grass that's taken away with the, with the wind. Engaging the Bible is engaging with God. And guess what? It's hard in the sense that you actually have to put effort into it, okay? It is, it can be. No one has mastered it. All right, but we can work on it. In fact, there's two things in this psalm that help us in the task of engaging with the Bible. I want to look into those things really quick, okay? Let's look at this fact of reflection, okay? So we've filled our minds, we've read it. Now we want to reflect on the word which really does bring us to the response as well. But here, let's look at reflecting. There's given two separate objects to meditate on in this psalm. One is the word, which is the law of the Lord. The other is the world. It's really saying you can meditate on these two separate things. The world in this psalm is identified as the wicked, 
the sinners, and the scoffers. Okay, And the word, obviously, is the law of the Lord. So what on earth does this mean when it says that we are warned not to walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand with sinners, and sit with scoffers? What does that even mean? This means that we are to meditate on the world. Okay, Meditate on the ideas, the creations, the foundations of those who don't know Christ. We aren't to ponder them, think of them intently, or become infatuated with the things of the world. Now, that doesn't mean, guys, that we are not to know the world in the sense that, like, you, to be an effective Christian, you have to know the world. In fact, if you remember in Acts, Paul is on a ship and it starts to get in a crazy storm. You know, remember the story? Near the end of Acts, there's a crazy storm. Paul was actually telling them, hey, you guys, you guys, and he was actually telling them, you need to throw stuff overboard and we need to figure things out. None of us are going to die. We're going to figure this out. Paul knew some knowledge of how ships work and the aerodynamics and everything, okay? In that sense, we do actually have to know about the world and the things of the world to be an effective Christian. But, guys, there is a difference between knowing something and knowing something. Now, let me, let me get into that a little bit, okay? For example, in the Old Testament, all right, um, when a man and a woman loved each other, they knew each other, and then a baby came. There is this intimate knowledge of something that even the scriptures tell us about if you know someone. I think of entertainment, for instance, okay? We meditate on what we watch and what we hear way too much. We, we know TV shows and movies and music and all of that way too much. And I would say not in the best way. We're infatuated with them and we can't get enough. I, I just got to say, Downton Abbey, that can be a sore spot for me, all right? I know that TV show. I know the characters. I understand them. I dwell on it sometimes. It's a little bit weird <laughs> to think that that's actually not even a real story, it's just for entertainment's sake. And I'm not saying, guys, I'm not here to say you can't do anything that's from the world. No, what I'm saying is we can't receive that joy and the comfort and intimately know those things like not and then, and then give up this. This is the thing we need to know intimately. This is the thing that we need to actually receive our joy and receive our comfort and stand on in this life. If you think you can stand on the truths that come from Downton Abbey, that's not very good. That's not a very good thing. So then we come to responding. One who regularly meditates on the word, who's constantly in there, will automatically respond by delighting in it. They're going to learn to love it. This is called the living bread because we actually need the words from scripture to live, to spiritually live well. A lot of you in here are, might be uh, anxious or maybe discouraged or even depressed and you think, I'm exercising, I have good friends, I'm in a good school, I'm in a good youth group. It's all tied together. If you are not filling and nourishing your spirit with the word of God, the living bread, then of course it's going to reflect in other areas of your life. It's true. It really is. Are you delighting in the things of the world more? Are you delighting more in the things of the word? The world will constantly give you things to delight in, but they never will last. It will never last. The word gives you eternal things to delight in. And well, it literally lasts forever and ever and ever and ever. When everything fades away, the word of God won't because we need it. We desperately need it. Engaging the Bible is engaging with God. We engage, guys, by meditation and application, which looks most practically like reading it giving us, having effort, putting in effort, you know, and actually reading it. 
by uh, reflecting on it, meditating on it, thinking about it, dwelling on it, knowing it intimately, and then by responding, by delighting in it, by wanting more, by going out and fulfilling what God has called us to from the word. When we're doing this, guys, uh, when, we, when we do this, our Bible doesn't get dusty. It doesn't because we're using it and using it all the time. And that in turn gives us a pure heart, gives us a heart that isn't dusty, gives us a heart where we actually know who we are, that whenever anything comes and hits us or blindsides or whatever, we know exactly who we are. We know our identity is found in the word of God. We know who we are, followers of Christ, made in his image. We are real Bible engagers and guys, there are so many different areas in this world, different countries, where if you had this, you could die. We have the privilege of having, like, every household has like three of these just sitting there. And the stuff that we can read in here will transform your life. Give it effort, okay? Give it effort. Press pause on your game or your song or the movie. Honestly, do it and read this word. It will fill you up like, like you haven't even experienced before. go. That was a session I led at Breakforth this past weekend. Hey, so listen, we, we have questions as young adults. We have doubts. We have concerns about the world and our culture, about theology, about what the Bible says or what it doesn't say. And we had in doubt, we, we engage those topics. We engage your questions. So you should ask us. If you head over to indoubt.ca, scroll to the bottom of the page where you'll find contact and shoot us a message. Um, we're going to try our best to engage those topics and the questions that you have. So remember, uh, next week we will finish the Love and Lust series and then be prepared for the following series called Christian Paradigms, where we break the trends in Christian culture and we really kind of investigate what it means to truly follow Jesus. Well, that wraps up episode number three of the Indoubt podcast. To find out more about Indoubt and to listen to more podcasts, visit indoubt.ca. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, follow us. We want to hear from you. If you have any stories, comments, or whatever you want to share with us, let us know. That being said, I'm Isaac, and this is the Endo Podcast. Podcast.